Section 57 of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vissal. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Section 57. Observation 52 of the small silver-colored bookworm. As among greater animals there are many that are scaled, both for ornament and defence, so are there not wanting such also among the lesser bodies of insects, whereof this little creature gives us an instance. It is a small white silver-shining worm or moth, which I found much conversant among books and papers, and is supposed to be that which corrodes and eats holes through the leaves and covers. It appears to the naked eye a small glittering pearl-coloured moth, which upon the removing of books and papers in the summer is often observed very nimbly to scud and pack away to some lurking cranny, where it may the better protect itself from any appearing dangers. Its head appears big and blunt, and its body tapers from it towards the tail, smaller and smaller, being shaped almost like a carrot. This, the microscopical appearance, will more plainly manifest, which exhibits in the third figure of the 33 scheme, a conical body divided into 14 several partitions, being the appearance of so many several shells or shields that cover the whole body. Every of these shells are again covered or tiled over with a multitude of thin transparent scales, which, from the multiplicity of their reflecting surfaces, make the whole animal a pair of a perfect pearl colour, which, by the way, may hint us the reason of that so much admired appearance of those so highly esteemed bodies, as also of the like in mother-of-pearl shells, and in multitudes of other shelly sea substances, for they each of them consisting of an infinite number of very thin shells or laminated orbiculations, cause such multitudes of reflections that the compositions of them together with the reflections of others that are so thin as to afford colours, of which I elsewhere give the reason, gives a very pleasant reflection of light, and that this is the true cause seems likely first, because although so appearing bodies are compounded of multitudes of plated substances, and next that, by ordering any transparent substance after this manner, the like phenomena may be produced, this will be made very obvious by the blowing of glass into exceeding thin shells, and then breaking them into scales, which any lamp worker will presently do. For a good quantity of these scales, laid in a heap together, have much the same resemblance of pearls, Another way, not less instructive and pleasant, is a way which I have several times done, which is, by working and tossing, as it were, a parcel of pure crystalline glass, whilst it is kept glowing hot in the blown flame of a lamp, for by that means that purely transparent body will be so divided into an infinite number of plates, or small strings with interposed aerial plates and fibres, that from the multiplicity of the reflections from each of those internal surfaces, it may be drawn out into curious pearl-like or silver wire, which though small, will yet be opacous, the same thing I have done with a composition of red colophon and turpentine and a little beeswax, and may be done likewise with bird lime, and such like glutinous and transparent bodies, but to return to our description. The small blunt head of this insect was furnished on either side of it with a cluster of eyes, each of which seemed to contain but a very few in comparison of what I had observed the clusters of other insects to abound with. 
Each of these clusters were beset with a row of small bristles, much like the cilia or hairs on the eyelids, and perhaps they served for the same purpose. It had two long horns before, which were straight and tapering towards the top, curiously ringed or knobbed and bristled, much like the marshweed called horsetail or cat's tail, having at each knot a fringed girdle, as I may so call it, of smaller hairs and several bigger and larger bristles here and there dispersed among them. Besides these, it had two shorter horns or feelers which were knotted and fringed just as the former but wanted bristles and were blunt at the ends. The hinder part of the creature was terminated with three tails, in every particular resembling the two longer horns that grew out of the head. The legs of it were scaled and haired much like the rest, but are not expressed in this figure the moth being entangled all in glue, and so the legs of this appeared not through the glass which looked perpendicularly upon the back. This animal probably feeds upon the paper and covers of books, and perforates in them several small round holes, finding perhaps a convenient nourishment in those hulks of hemp and flax which have passed through so many scourings, washings, dressings and dryings as the parts of old paper must necessarily have suffered. The digestive faculty, it seems, of these little creatures being able yet further to work upon those stubborn parts and reduce them into another form. And indeed, when I consider what a heap of sawdust or chips this little creature, which is one of the teeth of time, conveys into its intrals, I cannot choose but remember and admire the excellent contrivance of nature in placing in animals such a fire as is continually nourished and supplied by the materials conveyed into the stomach and fomented by the bellows of the lungs, and in so contriving the most admirable fabric of animals as to make the very spending and wasting of that fire to be instrumental to the procuring and collecting more materials to augment and cherish itself, which indeed seems to be the principal end of all contrivances observable in brute animals. End of section 57